1: Unbelievable. Well, actually, it's really believable at this point, but it it just feels like Groundhog Day. Red Sox review, WEEI, it's KJ. Thank you for sticking through this because it it feels like every game gets drunk in the fifth or sixth inning for the Red Sox in the form of the pitchers in the middle relief. 3-2 loss. Look, what more could you expect from Brian Baio? That was just absolute beauty until the gas ran out. And as, as much as I like to defend Alex Cora here, I'm going to call him out a little bit because why wait till the bases get loaded, then put in these these seemingly drunk relievers in there to almost know what's going to happen. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937, Red Sox lose 3-2. They're 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 now out of it. They're, I mean, they're complete like. Jesus would have to come down and give them. Even ninety wins wouldn't get it. Let's go to Ken. Ken, thank you so much for calling Red Sox Review. You're on WEEI. Hey, how are, how are you? Uh, normal. Um, it's about the same. Yep, yeah, the
0: tankathon is on.
1: You okay. think tonight you was think a tank? Actually... You, think, you think you think tonight was a tank? Maybe. Well, what was Cora doing sitting in the
0: dugout? letting the guy load the bases, and then he brings in the fabulous Caleb Ort to
1: get out of the jam? Come on. The the, the non-sliding oh, yeah. slider? Look, I look. Yeah. I, like I said a couple seconds ago, I tend to try and understand Cora's moves, but I don't understand how, okay, a jam with two men on is going to get better if you allow him to get a third man on. So I, I don't get it. I, you know, maybe it was kind of – I don't want to use the word tank, but maybe it's kind of like, let's see if the kid can work through it, knowing that the team isn't really going to work through the rest of it for the rest of this year. So, I, I – but, tank... but here's the thing. He's done okay, that all year. He's done that all year.
0: He yeah, lets but... – and, and he goes – and then he goes uh, – I'm surprised he didn't bring in Schreiber with the bases loaded. That's his That's his go-to guy with the bases loaded. Bring him in, in an impossible situation.
1: Yeah. And he's I've... burning the guy out. Well, that's the other part of it. Schreiber's been so good, and everybody else has been so bad that it's like Schreiber every day. It's like cornflakes, right? Like you really can't go bad eating cornflakes every day, but it gets tired after a while. And and and, yeah, I I don't know what they could have done. Like, I would rather you bring if you're going to bring Ort in, bring him in with two men on, not with the bases loaded. Because guess what? He didn't even need. (laughs) I mean, it's a wild pitch. It's like here's your free run. And then what do you know? A batter later, knock through the middle, two two more guys come in, 3-2. That's the story of the game. Ken, thanks for the call. Yeah, I I, I don't we'll hear from Alex Core here in, in in a few. And I would want to know what his thought was by keeping Bayo in the game when he was already struggling with his pitches, with his location, nobody was chasing the changeup anymore and you'll him to stay in there. So I'll tell you what, we'll go to break here real quick. Come back top of the hour, we'll continue Red Sox review. We got Dave waiting Also, your call, get in on this game. It was, I kind of have to agree a little bit with Ken. It felt weird. I won't use the T word, but it felt weird tonight with the end of Bayo and what happened right after that. 617-779-7937. Text line is 37937. It's Red Sox Review on WEI.
0: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
1: Red Sox review on WEEI. It's KJ. Red Sox lose 3-2. What's new? Blown game in the sixth inning. Hello. You know, we just had a caller here a couple seconds ago. 617-779-7937. Who believes that the T word is all in play now. And that's why Cora potentially left Brian Bayo out there with two men on to get a third man on leaving the bases loaded and then bringing or, it. <laughs> or it. it just just sounds wrong. I, we'll hear from Alex core in two minutes. I, I, that just seemed the weirdest of the entire game because you've lost three in a row. You need to get some momentum. You're trying out new players. Cas Casas cast is starting to struggle. Okay, you you need you need a, a, a smile in that dugout, and it's not happening. Six one seven. 779 793 7. Let's go to Dave, who's been holding. Dave, thanks for calling WEEI Red Sox Review.
0: Yeah, thanks for taking my call tonight. I uh, just want to talk about, you know, a uh, much needed win by the Orioles tonight, even though actually you all played a better game, you know. So You're why are there, you I'm calling leaving.
1: us about an Orioles game? I mean, yeah, they played the Orioles, but this is Red Sox Review, not Orioles Review. Go ahead, Dave.
0: Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Go but ahead. I mean, I... y'all don't have nothing to be ashamed about. Your pitcher, I mean, completely you, dominated the Orioles. What like, do
1: you mean? You didn't see the sixth inning? This is this has been. Well, the, it's like it's yeah, like literally,
0: that, you know. And the Orioles, actually, you know, as much as I'm an Orioles fan, we were lucky to win that game tonight. I mean, Dave, are you an Orioles I mean, fan? Yeah, ahead. and but a measly five hits. I mean, you usually don't win games with five hits. You know, and this guy had everything going on. If we didn't have Gunnar Henderson, you know, and they buy not tie up. Yes, from Norfolk,
1: Yeah, bye, Dave. Yeah, Dave. I don't want to hear your Baltimore book report. We are suffering here in New England with a historic franchise that seems to just historically suck in the middle of the innings. Good gosh! This is I've I've been trying to put wrap my head around it because while all this is going on, do you know what Tampa's doing? They're walking down the Yankees, and made me think that wait a minute. This big cachet about what Heim was part of at Tampa, and now he has kind of his zone here with the Red Sox. He's not Michael Corleone, he's Fredo. <sighs> if the specialty of Tampa, especially the year where they went to the World Series and lost, was to be able to put together pitchers, pieced together to win games and not depend on a starter, we are getting the antithesis of that here in New England. It's beyond embarrassing. It's almost like clockwork. This is literally like me and my Spanish class, Spanish one and two in high school. You just knew when the test was coming. I was getting an F. That's what the fifth and sixth innings are. Seventh inning, you throw in there as well. Or Horrible. Barnes got rocked even though that 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 was the heaviest one inning. But Ort didn't even get out of his inning. He didn't even he didn't even he didn't give you a full inning. And the the question, of course, now, like here's here's the good thing, right? Brian Bale looks like he can definitely eventually get to six innings either, even though he only did five and a third today. And I think if I'm gonna give Cora a benefit of a doubt, we'll get to him in one minute is that he wanted to get him six full innings. Now, what was going on in that inning was not anything that was going to lead to anything great, as you saw. But still, you have to wonder why leave Bayo in there with two men on, struggling to get his balls across the plate, nobody's chasing the off-speed stuff, and then you bring in these Fredo Corleone relievers to try and not only and not only get an out or two, but to not give up a lead. Here's Alex Cora. I was right. That's Alex Cora. It's tryouts. It's it's reverse engineered spring training going on right now. Let's see, let's see if he can get through six. He can't. He couldn't. Let's wait till the bases. Why wait till the bases loader? Jesus. Red Sox Review, KJ here, WEEI, 617-779-7937. Let's go to Betty. Thanks for the call. You're on WEEI. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I was really upset tonight when I heard you criticize far again. And um, actually, what I did like, like very much what you said, was to make um, a call bloom uh, Fredo Colion, which was <laughs> perfect. That was thank great. You. Yeah, I know my I know my <laughs> m- mob movies. Yes, I mean I mean that's what oh, yeah. we have here, yeah. Betty. So one, I wasn't the, I I haven't been here in a week so since Sunday. But I I don't really get on Cora too much. I kind of defend him, but tonight I have had I did have an issue with trying to extend Bayo further in the game with the two run lead. Like, okay, the guy gave up two. He, he's given up no runs. He's given up three hits. You can take him out now. Like <laughs> we've seen what we need to see. Why not bring in the reliever with only two men on and a chance for a double play, a ground ball, a force out, a, a chance for even if a guy scores, but the guy doesn't make it from first to home, you still have a two-one lead. But if you know that you're going to have a base hit with with bases not with bases loaded, you're, two runs are coming in automatically. You know the thing is what um, what I have a problem with is um, you know I Cora. Is basically wanted bail to try and get out of it, you know, as a learning experience. But the do you do that when you've lost three right. straight? Like, would you? Why would you do that after you've lost three straight games? Like, you're literally asking to lose a fourth, and it happened.
0: Well, you know, you're going to put in. Who's he got to work with in the um, in the bullpen? He's got Ort, who can't do anything. True. I've never seen him.
1: Ort. But let's say, let's say everything that happened with Ort happened with a man on first and second versus the bases loaded, right? So the pass they ball doesn't become a run.
0: Scored.
1: Well, well, here's they, the thing. The pass ball would have only been man at second and third and not a run scored. And then maybe if you're core, you say, you know what? Let's just go ahead and walk the bases loaded and try and get a ground ball out at least there wouldn't have been a run scored and you would still be up 2 nothing. if there's a man on first and second. But when you come in with bases loaded and looking like, you know, Tatum O'Neal up there pitching for the Bad News Bears with... Would- buttermaker makers got your arm in this and the, the arms look like they need to be put in something. It's it's just, it was just bad. The slider didn't slide. It headed it straight. That's a brick backstop. You remember the last time they played the, uh, and Betty, thanks for the call. You remember the last time they played the Orioles when a ball got past uh, a Rushman and it bounced straight back to him and he threw the guy out at second, like on a rebound. Like when that ball rolled to the back, you're like only the Red Sox are going to get that slow roll, slow roll. It's never going to bounce off the brick. It's just going to lay there. Red Sox are in trouble. 72 losses. Let's put it in perspective. If the Red Sox won every single game the rest of the way, which is not happening, I mean there's a better chance that whatever your savior's name is, they're coming back. It would only give them 90 wins and 90 wins wouldn't have been enough for the last wild card spot last year. So the last week I was kind of like, "Hey, there's a little bit of a a hope rope if they if the you know, if the Red Sox had won 2 out of 3 against Tampa, you know, they swept Texas. They did that. If they'd won two out of three from Tampa and swept this series with Baltimore, we could still have a conversation about potentially some movement towards that last wild court spot or at least something to fight for towards the end. But now it's a reverse engineer spring training. That's all it is. Still to come, what the Patriots have to do Sunday to beat Miami. It's three things. They could do these three things. I don't want to say they'll shock the world, but then you'll say, okay, Bill still has a few tricks up his sleeve. That's still to come. Plus, um, I got to talk about some of these baseball rules that have just in, that, that have gone into, in, into that will start for 2023. I'll get to that in about 30 minutes. But right now, it's time to trend with Andrew. All right. Trending is brought to you by Nissan. You deserve a car that thrills you. And Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put some goosebumps on your goosebumps Experience the thrill for yourself. Shop your local Nissan store at nissanusa.com today. And the Red Sox lose to the Orioles by a score of three to two in Baltimore tonight. Cedric Mullins and Xander Bogarts both notched three hit games in this one, with Gunnar Henderson knocking in the two big RBIs. The Red Sox are set for a rematch tomorrow in Baltimore at five o five. In Patriots news, the Patriots kick off their season in Miami at one Sunday. Mac Jones will be set to face off against Tua Tagovailoa in this AFC East divisional rivalry. That's what's trending now on WEEI and WEEI.com. Late night WEEI. Thank you so much for hanging out. It's KJ and Patriots, Dolphins. Look, it's going to be a fascinating game. The AFC has got some incredible, fascinating storylines, better than the NFC, especially what you saw last night. They're like the Rams. Yeah, damn the Rams. The AFC is definitely where it's at. And one of the storylines that's kind of intriguing is Tua Mac. Is this the year that Tua proves himself in Miami and gets to stay, or does he go? And I think his waterline became Mac Jones after Mac Jones' great performance last year as a rookie. It's like, hey, my understudy in Alabama is getting more love than I am. So they get more love for Tua in terms of Tyreek Hill and other players. And Mac is kind of working with the same peanut butter and jelly sandwich from last year. In fact, uh here on Patriots Monday, which was moved to Tuesday due to the holiday, here's Bill Belichick talking about on getting ready for Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that's Bill Belichick talking to Tommy Curran. That would be during practice. Look, if there's something I do trust Belichick in terms of this game plan is to have some creative ways to make sure there's some over the top shell and coverage for Tyreek Hill to always have a man on him, maybe play some, some exotic schemes where there's an extra DB in there just to address him, switch up the coverage in terms of the cushion. So that way, you know, you obviously don't want to press man and have nothing over the top to help you. But at the same time, you you want to kind of confuse Tyreek Hill in your looks and in that regard, I do trust Bill Belichick to be able to game plan very well for Tyreek Hill. It, it, you've heard the same. If there's the one, one thing that Belichick is really great at doing, historically, is taking away the one thing that you do well. And right now, that's Tyreek Hill. That's the whole reason why he's here. That's the whole reason why Tua is, like, fighting for his life there. But if there are three things for sure the Patriots have to do to win this game against Miami, number one, The run game. Look, you haven't seen it in the preseason, but let me show you how important it is. So last year, when the Patriots won their games, 10 of them, they averaged 149 yards per game, 17 rushing touchdowns out of their 24 total. They were number two in rushing touchdowns and number eight in eight yards, uh, number eight in yards per game, where say with the passing game, they averaged only 216 yards per game. 15 passing touchdowns, nine in losses, right? 24 total, ranked 15th overall in the league and 14th in yards per game overall. Miami's defense is nothing to sneeze at. If that run game can tire down that defense and control the clock, the Patriots have a better chance of not only keeping Tyreek Hill off of the field, but keeping the, the Dolphins at bay and not saying that you really believe that Tua can suddenly sling it for two touchdowns in a row to win you a game. So, one, the running game has to be pinpoint for the Patriots come Sunday. Two, keep the yards per completion for the Dolphins low. They ranked 25th last year, hence why you get Tyreek Hill 5.6 yards per. The Patriots ranked eighth at 6.9 yards per reception. So, don't let Tyreek Hill over the top. And as I mentioned, I think Bill Belichick will game plan for that. So if you if you allow Tua to kind of depend on his tight end, maybe Jalen Waddle, I don't know, maybe kind of gets lost in the sauce and suddenly the passing game goes awry or they have to do too much passing, then putting Tua in situations where either he scrambles, has to make a quick decision, where, where he, he just hasn't really benefited from so far in his career. So really it's just kind of a frustration or a nervousness that you would put on Tua. So <clears throat> the Patriots, and this is kind of like 2A, they're the ones that are going to have to start the game fast. And here's Mac Jones talking about on importance of getting a quick start this week. All right. So again, here are the three things I think that will keep the Patriots in the game and potentially win the game against Miami. Number one, pound the running game. I mentioned number two, keep the yards per completion and, At a low number for the Dolphins, the whole idea about getting Tyreek Hill is to expand those numbers. They were 25th last year at 5.6 yards per reception. Uh, So this leads to three, and this is what Mac Jones is talking about starting quick. The defense needs to get turnovers early. The Dolphins ranked, they had the eighth most turnovers last year. Of the 40 sacks they gave up last year, 25 of them were in this first half. And 27 of their sacks came without even blitzing. So if you can get the Tua early, rattle him, offense for the Patriots, start quick, as I mentioned a couple minutes before, you don't believe that Tua can suddenly take the Dolphins on a make up a 14-point deficit with his talent at this point. We're not talking Brady. We're not talking Rodgers. We're not talking Mahomes. We're not talking Burrow. We're talking Tua. So the whole idea is punch them in the mouth, start early, Keep the yards per reception low for the, for the Dolphins, meaning keeping Tyreek Hill bracketed and covered well. And I think they can do that. But I do wonder about the Patriots' offense. That's my concern. The offensive line is in a tough spot. The passing game, they're still trying to figure some things out. And I don't know if growing pains with the passing game would be ideal for this team right now. Because you're not really talking about receivers who can really just go body the ball, if you will. You know, like someone who just put their body in front of their receiver no matter what's going on and pull down a reception. I I just don't see who that is for the Patriots right now. That might develop during the course of the season, but again, everything is on that run game. So really it comes down to the storyline of what Tua can do and how potentially Bill can confuse him. Versus Mac and making sure they get to a fast start and the defense getting turnovers. Here's Belichick's thoughts on Tua and his progress. <laughs> yeah, I, I give it to Bill. He does it, he, he'll doesn't. He say you're good, but he won't really praise you, smart football player. Like You got to be smart to be in the NFL, right? So BetMGM has the Patriots as a three-and-a-half-point dog in this game with the over-under of 45-and-a-half. The money line for the Patriots is plus 150. For Miami, it's minus 185. I want to say it feels like that Miami number on the money line has kind of crept up at that 185. So uh, here's what I think what you might look at. One, if you're thinking about doing the over-under, I would definitely take the under on this game. I just don't see how one team is going to win 27-20. Uh, I don't see that uh, that terms of point. Maybe like a 17-14 game Miami. It, it's going to be kind of in the mud, I think, a bit. So it's it's one of those situations where, look, you got one offense that's trying to figure out if it can be dynamic with its current quarterback and another offense that's trying to figure out if they can be um, better than what they've been uh, since, since what you've seen in preseason. And that's going to be all very interesting to watch and see all at once. That's why I say, you know, this is a fascinating storyline. It doesn't get the headlines like the other ones are. You know, like Brady versus Dak and so forth I and mean, everything. This this Tua Mac story is going to be pretty fascinating because whatever whichever quarterback loses and how they look in this game is gonna be kind of like a scarlet letter they're gonna be wearing here for maybe a couple of weeks. You know, they say you can get healthy after a game or two, but you know, if Tua has that start where okay, gets that win against the, the Patriots and that now can that's a continuum and maybe you start having the conversation that has Miami passed New England already you know or if Mac and the Patriots did steal this one on the road in the heat then comes the narrative like you can't count these guys out you know they were underdogs uh, you know There's it's just going to be fascinating how how these two quarterbacks are going to be perceived once the game is over so i like the under uh, I do like Miami in the three and a half. Again, I think Miami probably wins the game. Well, there you go. The seven, that, that hook right there, 17-10. Uh, you know, maybe that's where you do take the Patriots at the plus three and a half because I, I'm thinking a 17-14 game, probably close. I think the Patriots get two touchdowns. But if it becomes a field goal fest for the Patriots, uh, you'd really hate that. You, take that you take that plus money. All right, coming up in minutes, we'll do uh, bets to the future. Some bets that will get you some uh, preseason odds on like these. I think the ones I set up, uh, Andrew, are uh, teams that are like where they will, where their seasons will end, like uh, where the Cowboys will finish, who ends up in the Super Bowl, stuff like that. So that's in two minutes in bets to the future. Though we're still trying to figure out can we get bets by like Sunday because it's not going to happen in Massachusetts in time for the season. I think that was a lot of people's hopes. Um, but let's just call it what it is. It's Taxachusetts and they're they're gonna just try and figure out different ways of like how to move the money. So, you know, it's just very it it'd be very interesting if they suddenly decide that, you know, in whatever sports book commercial you've gotta dance around with a lottery ticket while at a convenience store screaming at some guy, Hey, can you hurry up? I'm trying to pay cash for my gas and scratch over there. But welcome to Massachusetts, where there's gotta be some fairness, you know. So that's why late night of those who've been following since last year, bets to the future, the squid games, all these, all these games are kind of designed that you, you got to go to some of the big houses to lay these down. Not so much your money, but these different parlays that will all open up the book. You know, bet MGM is, you know, you're talking about one of the Kings of sports books right there. So I can really get deep into parlays that you may not see on other tickets. So uh, in fact, let's go, let's go ahead. Go ahead. Andrew, go ahead. Let's do bets in the future. Now, the future, so these are kind of fun to play if you're into parlays. I've gotten them over the last few years, and they're they're a lot of fun because you're just waiting for things to happen. You keep the music up, Joe. Um, so the two that I have for today, one is called Swing and a Miss, and the other one is playoff survivor. If you know how Survivor works in this thing, it's it, it it's kind of fun and some good money involved. So swing and a miss, these are NFL teams that will miss the playoffs, put them in a parlay, and I'll give you your total. So Take the Cowboys to miss the playoffs at plus 175. I say they lose the division, and the wild cards will be the Saints, the Vikings, the 49ers. Uh, Say that the Raiders are also going to miss the playoffs. That's at minus 225. The Dolphins, I think they'll get close, but I don't think they'll make the playoffs, minus 165. And the Titans, interesting story. I, I think they'll compete, but I don't think they'll catch the Colts. And because of the way the AFC is laid out, I think two of the three playoff teams are going to come from the AFC West, the Titans at minus 120. So take the Cowboys, Raiders, Dolphins and Titans to miss the playoffs, a $100 parlay would pay you out $1069.60. But playoff survivor, this is fun. So I'll do the NFC eliminator first and then the AFC eliminator. This is where where does a team get eliminated, okay? Take the Packers to lose in the divisional round. I see an upset because their competition is kind of weak in in that northern division. But once they get in the playoffs, they may see some buzzsaws. saws. Plus 240. Take the Rams to lose in the championship round. Despite what you saw last night, they still may be able to get there. Plus 550. The Vikings, who I think will sneak into the wild card, but will lose in the wild card at plus 230. The Saints lose in the divisional round, which means they upset a division winner. But it might be the Eagles, and I can see that happening. Uh, plus Uh 550. Eagles losing a wild-card round and upset, plus 230, and the 49ers losing a wild-card round, plus 230. A $100 bet on the NFC Eliminator would yield a return of $516,135. But when I tell you that the action is in the AFC and the storylines are too, they are. Take the Bills to lose in the championship round at plus 360. As good as they look last night, and with everybody's, they they just, it seems like they still have a missing running game outside of the threat of the quarterback. While that may be good in week one, when you start getting into cold weather, even if you're playing at home and you can't run the ball, <laughs> can't you see what happened to them last December with the Patriots? All right, the Bengals lose in the wild card. Not too much of an upset, according to Ben 230. Broncos lose in the Super Bowl. That's my pick, but I say they lose in the Super Bowl plus sixteen hundred. Colts lose in the Wild Card plus two hundred. Chiefs lose in the Divisional Round. I don't. I'm not buying the Super hype. I think there'll be a little bit different for them this year. Plus three seventy five, and the Chargers lose in the Divisional Round plus four fifty. AFC Eliminator, a one hundred dollar parlay yields a return of two million twenty two thousand four hundred and forty five dollars. Wow, those are bets into the future at BetMGM. Andrew, you can win some serious money there. You can kill the music. You can win some serious money there. Serious money. I agree. AFC is where it's at this year. It's going to be must-see TV. I I can't even really think of, outside of the Cowboys-Bucks game, what showdown are you really looking to watch in the nfc that's just kind of like a natural i mean th- listen to the forced narrative like baker Mayfield trying to get revenge on his old team <laughs> like no they were ready to get rid of him like they found someone they found a sucker who could buy so you know i'm i'm not buying you know you're trying to make that a story you know the cowboys you know like Dak prescott is uh, reportedly hurt his his, his, his shoe was just a little off and has an ankle injury. It's, You know, the Cowboys probably what will be most interesting will be like the, the countdown watch to Mike McCarthy. But because the NFC East is such a weak division outside of the Eagles and the Cowboys, they're going to be able to buy time, right? They're going to be able to buy time. I don't know who the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving. It doesn't come to me right in front of me right away. But even going into December, the Cowboys will still have that narrative. That's how they're set up. For you to follow the drama all the way to December 1st is like, will they or won't they? And once they don't make the playoffs, then, yeah, Mike McCarthy is gone. But at least it'll go on until December. So there's one storyline in the NFCs in the NFC. In the NFC. Uh, probably a, a, a little more interesting one is the Jimmy G returning back to the 49ers, which is a nice way of saying, uh, we don't know if Trey Lance will be able to get it done. And I could have told you that from like a game that I saw him in last year. I was just like, wow, this is very elementary skill set here. This does not scream fear. Now, maybe in a couple of years, yes. But I think right now, Jimmy, Jimmy G is sitting in a hot seat. I mean, I mean, the dude is like, he's like living in Van Nuys all over again. He is, he is sitting in a situation where he knows he's going to be back on that field. And because now that he's restructured his deal where he literally makes nothing like six million or something like that a year, anybody's gonna want to scoop him up next year with a new collective bargaining as well. They you know at that twenty-seven, Jimmy, we're not even thinking about that anymore. We saw what you did and they still can't figure out Trey Lance. Come to death row, you know. So that's gonna be a fascinating story. But outside of that, man, nothing really in the NFC. I mean, well, maybe with Brady and is he living on his own? Is this all just kind of a ruse to keep people off of his back? Is Roger Goodell really trying to negotiate some type of punishment? Is he really on the messing? That shows you how boring the NFC the NFC is. That you have to do all of that tumbling just to kind of make it exciting. Where in the AFC, you're like, man, it's like a great game of kill the man on with the ball in the AFC West. Then, of course, here with the Patriots' story of, hey, look, this was a playoff team last year. But with new quarterback Matt Ryan coming into the division, uh, into the conference, uh, Russell Wilson coming into the conference, you know we're looking at something that may not be very pretty, or you haven't seen. If you're like 22 years old, you what you may see this year for the Patriots, you may you might have never seen before. Like Andrew, you'd be shocked. In my collection of T-shirts, I have held onto the 2000 schedule of the of the uh, Patriots. Uh, I remember because that was the year they lost to the Vikings at home. And this is when still people would like get up at halftime and go like eat sandwiches at like D'Angelo's. Like like football wasn't like religion yet here. I still have that t shirt because my girlfriend was working at Braintree Mall at the time. <laughs> I don't know if it was good, But she was like, Hey, we got these discounted shirts because the Patriots were so bad that year. So like, hey, here's the Patriots schedule. There's no more hope anymore. So it was like a five it was like marked down to five bucks. But until Cam Newton got here, it was the last time there was a losing season here. So, and I mean like a real losing season, not seven and nine and going through transition. I mean, like with your quarterback and this is what you want to do and stuff like that. Mm, It's going to be all very interesting. All right. We'll wrap up late night here next here on WEEI. Thanks so much for hanging out. (laughs) God bless Ty Law. Late night, WEEI. It's KJ. That's an honor. My boys, my boys will be in Fenway tomorrow. And if Flea doesn't have it inside of a sock, how ballsy would it be for the Chili Peppers to play Magic Johnson in the middle of Fedway? It's just been that year, right? That's a great song, though. Gosh. I mean, it is factually true. They did win back-to-back. Well, look, I, I you know, Ty Law on on, on Greg Hill show believes that the Patriots can win nine games. And I I get the hope, but I don't buy it. Okay, I don't think there's a win at Miami. That's 0-1-1. Pittsburgh, let's call that a push, so we'll put that to the side. I don't think they, re- they beat the Ravens, so that's two losses. They're not winning at Green Bay. That's three losses. They'll beat Detroit, so for sure that's one win. They'll beat the Browns. I think that's a win. It'll be close, but it's a win. I think they'll beat the Bears. That's a win. I think they'll beat the Jets. That's a win. I think they lose to Indy, so that's a loss. So going into the bye week, 4-4, four and four, and I'll get back to this Pittsburgh game. Okay, so coming out of the break, they'll, they play the Jets. That's the fifth win, I agree. Then Thanksgiving night, on a short week, four days, at Minnesota, uh, that's a loss. Bills, that's a loss. Arizona, that's a loss. Short week, they go to the Raiders, I think that's a loss. Bengals, that's a loss. Miami, January 1st, that's a push. Bills, on January 8th, that's a loss. So let's see here. Detroit, yes. Cleveland, yes. Chicago, yes. Jets, yes. Jets again, yes. That's five games. Pittsburgh is a push. And the last Miami game is a push. (laughs) My hands only have seven fingers up. I don't think they beat Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh, if they're going to have their, their their bad luck or befallment or what have you, it's going to happen later than it is sooner. I think they're running on so much energy right now because they have two quarterbacks who they feel like can win them games. They have a stellar defense. They've got a running game. They've got incredible receivers. Like that's, even just from the defensive perspective, that's going to be a problem. For, for the Patriots. Now, in fairness, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a kind of a Swiss cheese offensive line, but outside of Matthew Judon, please stand up, who's the pass rusher on that front seven. So I give the edge to the Steelers in that one, and you know what? I'll give them the Miami game on January, January 1st. I'll give them that game because I think they'll the, the Patriots will play role of spoiler where Miami's like, hey, if we win our next two games, we'll be able to get into the playoffs, and I think that won't be the case. I think they lose that game. So the Patriots 6-11, which has me up for my 5-12. 6-11. 6-11. You know, the whole world is mourning the passing of Queen Elizabeth at the age of 96, and uh, because of which, there'll be no Premier League games at all tomorrow. They're all canceled. I know Liverpool's probably thank you God right now. If it's struggling, Chelsea, same thing. It's all man's. I, I try and tell my friends, look, when it comes to EPL, if you're not rocking with Man City, you're not rocking with the best, right? It's it, they're the Ric Flair of the EPL. In order to be the man, I fly roll, I fly in jet planes, I ride in Rolls Royces, I will buy any player I need to to win this EPL championship. So no EPL games tomorrow. I'm one of those, I don't know, Andrew, if you are if you follow soccer, English Premier League soccer at all, like sometimes I'll get myself up on Saturday mornings, you know, get my early coffee and catch one of like maybe their noon game, which would be about 7 in the morning here, catch the noon match, and then maybe their 4 o'clock match, which would be uh, like 11 a.m., 12 noon here. So I try and catch some of those. I can't wait for FIFA to come out for sure. Um, but yeah, Queen Elizabeth, man, it passed away at 96. Yeah, you know, some people have joked that you know now at the age of seventy three, Charles has a job. The King now has a job, right? But yeah, it's just uh, it's just fascinating, like to know that like somebody who's been along, they they're like you would have to be like in your nineties to remember before Queen Elizabeth. That's that's just absolutely mind-boggling. She's been on the money. I mean, a whole music movement was about like down with the queen. Like, there's so many things that have happened since she's been the queen, and now that all changes. it starts with no Premier League games tomorrow. Ah, if you have not checked out on Netflix, the Untold series, there's one about Manti Teo. And I'm still thinking like, okay, so why didn't you like admit that you never met the girl? Like everybody knows what catfishing is. Don't be stupid, bro. And then the one with Tim Donaghy, uh, Donaghy, who used to be the NBA referee, that one is good. And the one about what happened to the and one mixtape tour. Yeah, you know, I was starting to lose a little bit of faith of what was on Netflix. It was like, okay, I love that girl Lele a lot when I watch it with my daughter, but it's like, I need to see something else because I don't know about you, Andrew, like if the wrong person starts using your Netflix queue and start watching movies out of it, then they start sending you all the movies types that they watched. So I'd I make sure my family members stay out of my queue on Netflix because my wife, she's going down like just rabbit hole watching these foreign movies. So now when you pull up her queue, like none of the movies are English made movies. Like, like if you did that to my queue I would lose all that stuff I've saved it's just absolutely ridiculous. Red Sox lose 3-2 and at this point you're like what's new water's wet fire's hot especially when these middle innings come come around. Look, Brian Bayo looked very good tonight. looked very good but again we're watching a guy who's trying to stretch his muscles if you will. And I think Alex Cora knowing that this team has lost three straight you need to get a win. You got to wonder what's going on with Tristan Cassis' mind because now he's like two for everything. So it was like the first hit in the first game in the home run in Tampa and nothing since. And so to get a win kind of gets away from that because if Tristan Cassis has a, has a bad game tomorrow. And guess what? Guess who's on deck with the media? Is Tristan ready for this level? All right, Andrew, thank you so much for working behind the boards tonight. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for checking out Red Sox Review and Late Night with KJ here on WEEI. Remember at Twitter, at WEEI, at KJ Carson. Have a good Friday night. See ya! We really need new
0: phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here! Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.